This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, December 16th. I'm Virginia Allen. In fiscal 2022, Customs and Border Protection seized more than 14,000 pounds of fentanyl. The lethal opioid drug has become a leading cause of death in adults ages 18 to 45. Congressman Michael Guest of Mississippi has introduced the End Fentanyl Act with Maryland Democrat David Trone to address the opioid crisis and save lives. Congressman Guest joins the Daily Signal podcast to discuss solutions to the flood of fentanyl coming across the southern border and what will happen at the border when Title 42 expires. Stay tuned for our conversation after this. Did you know that under Biden, our military is dangerously weak? So weak that we're not ready if China, Russia, or Iran attacks. We explain why and how to fix it in our 2023 Index of U.S. Military Strength, a comprehensive deep dive on the readiness of our nation to face threats and complete its mission in today's world. Learn more at heritage.org military. It is my pleasure today to welcome back to the show Vice Ranking Member of Homeland Security and Mississippi Congressman Michael Guest. Congressman, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, thank you all for having me this afternoon. Well, Congressman, we have a fentanyl crisis here in America today. If we go back to the year 2020, the CDC reported that more than 91,000 deaths in America were caused by drug overdoses. And opioid drugs like fentanyl were involved in 75 percent of these overdose deaths. And these numbers, unfortunately, they are continuing to climb. Congressman, who is making these drugs and how are they getting into the hands of the American people? Well, uh, you know, what we're seeing now is that the drug cartels, uh, many of those based uh, in Mexico, are, are currently uh, the biggest supplier of fentanyl in the United States. Uh, it kind of fentanyl kind of began to come on the scene uh, roughly 2012. Uh, we saw fentanyl begin to appear in our communities, uh, but those were in, in much smaller amounts. Uh, and uh, originally, those drugs were actually being manufactured in China uh, and being shipped directly to the United States uh, uh, by drug organizations. Uh, located there uh, in China. But in 2019, we saw a huge uptick in the fact that drug organizations uh, in Mexico and and South America, uh, which had been involved primarily in smuggling marijuana, cocaine, and methamphetamines, uh, saw fentanyl as an opportunity uh, to diversify their operations. They began purchasing the precursors in China and then actually manufacturing fentanyl in Mexico and smuggling those drugs uh, into the continental United States. Mm. Well, and given this crisis, from from what we're seeing, you are are taking action. I mean, if, if we look at the situation, Customs and Border Patrol they seized more than fourteen thousand pounds of fentanyl in fis- fiscal twenty twenty two. Now, yourself and Maryland Democrat Congressman David Trone, you all have introduced a, a bill called the End Fentanyl. Act. What exactly would this bill do and how would it help to save lives? You know, this bill is just uh, one of several pieces of legislation uh, that we're looking at not only introducing, but hopefully next Congress being able to pass to, to help begin to uh, address the crisis. Uh, the Infentanil Act uh, would require Customs and Border Patrol uh, to develop a comprehensive plan 
to interdict both narcotics and human smuggling uh, along the southwest border. Uh, that plan would then have to be regularly reviewed. Uh, there would be reports issued to Congress. Uh, but it, 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 uh, the fact that, that we would have a comprehensive plan so that we would have all parts of DHS working together uh, to be on the, the, the same page moving forward, uh, I think, is incredibly important. Uh, and, and this is just a common sense piece of legislation uh, that should gain bipartisan support in Washington, D.C. next Congress. Well, and honestly, I find it fascinating that something like this doesn't already exists, that we don't already have a, a really strategic way to address this crisis as it's unfolding. How how optimistic are you uh, that there will be bipartisan support for the End Fentanyl Act? You know, I'm very optimistic. You know, I, I think any time that you're dealing uh, with things along the southwest border, uh, those issues generally become uh, extremely partisan, uh, particularly when we're talking about uh, the immigration crisis. But as, as we're looking at focusing more on the fentanyl aspect, uh, and the flow of fentanyl uh, into uh, the, our communities through the southwest border. Uh, I think every member of Congress recognizes the crisis uh, that we're facing. I mean, you talked about some of the stats about year over year that the fentanyl seizures continue to uh, increase uh, each each physical year. Uh, and we know that of those seizures, uh, we're probably only apprehending 5 to 10 percent of the drugs that are uh, being smuggled uh, into uh, into the country. Uh, and so if, if you look at what we are able to seize versus those drugs that we miss, I mean, we're missing a, a huge percentage of that. And I think a lot of it, too, goes hand to hand in the fact that at this point, CBP uh, is overwhelmed with a, an immigrant crisis, which yeah. then takes time away from uh, CBP officers from being able to police and interdict narcotics. They're having to focus more and more of their time uh, on dealing with immigrants that are coming into the country. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that crisis at the border. There's a, a Trump air policy that has allowed Border Patrol to quickly expel illegal migrants from America. The policy is known as Title 42, but it may be expiring as soon as next week. Talk a little bit about uh, a post-Title 42 border. What does that look like if Border Patrol really, they no longer have any sort of legal option to expel illegal aliens from the country. Yeah, you know, uh, Title 42 was really the last avenue uh, that CBP had to very quickly return migrants back to their country of origin. Uh, it was put in place uh, when uh, uh, President Trump uh, was still in office. It is uh, part of the public health emergency related to covid uh, and uh, was uh, on a call earlier today uh, with a, another member of Homeland Security talking to one of the sector chiefs uh, down uh, on the Texas border. Uh, and uh, they're anticipating uh, that the uh, number of daily encounters uh, that they're seeing uh, could very quickly double in size. And so, you know, if, if you look at what we've seen uh, over the last eight months, uh, we have had 200,000 immigrants apprehended along the border in each of those eight months. Uh, if you look back uh, for the last 20 months, uh, the last 20 months, uh, the number of appre uh, apprehensions have been at least 150,000 each month. And so uh, when, you're, when you see that, that we already are at a breaking point right now, uh, and then the number of immigrants could potentially double overnight, uh, it would exacerbate uh, what has uh, been become a crisis along the southwest border. And 
I do believe that if Title 42 goes away, that uh, there is a good likelihood that we could lose situational control of our board. California Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom, he was actually down at the southern border earlier this week, uh, and he he told ABC News that California, he used the word break, is about to break from the strain of illegal immigration, and he raised concerns about Title 42 ending. Congressman, do you think the Biden administration is listening to concerns from Democrats like Governor Newsom who are saying what we're doing right now isn't working? You know, I hope they are because they've not listened to Republicans uh, since the president's been in office. Uh, We have been talking about this crisis month after month after month. Uh, We have led uh, delegation after delegation down to the southern border. I personally have been on three trips to the southwest border uh, this Congress. Uh, And so when we see that the president who recently visited Arizona uh, would not even visit the border because uh, he said that there were more important matters, it seems to me like this administration is not only ignoring Republicans, but they are also ignoring Democrats. uh, And and, and this crisis is continuing to grow. And if they let Title 42 expire, uh, we will see a wave of illegal immigration that we have never seen in the history of this nation. You know, one of the concerns that some Republicans have raised, are are raising, uh, is that NGOs are helping to facilitate illegal immigration. We've just seen that Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he's calling on the Texas Attorney General's office to investigate the role of non-governmental organizations, uh, the, the role that they may be playing in assisting illegal border crossings. What exactly do we know about the role of these non-governmental organizations within the process of illegal immigration? You know, uh, we know that some of these organizations, uh, that they are encouraging people to come across. They're actually advertising uh, in some of these uh, different countries, uh, encouraging people to begin that trek. Uh, we know that once they cross the border, uh, many of the uh, uh, immigrants who are then uh, allowed to fly to the interior, that, that those flights are being coordinated and paid for by these non-government uh, organizations. Uh, but many of these organizations uh, also receive uh, funding from the federal government. Uh, and so what we're seeing uh, is that federal funding is going to the NGOs, and then the NGOs are encouraging people to come across the border. And then when they do, uh, they're doing their best to relocate them into the interior. Uh, and that is something that I believe that when Republicans retake control of Congress on January 3rd, uh, that the Committee on Homeland Security needs to very quickly begin holding hearings uh, and determine just how widespread this abuse has become. Hmm. Well, and you mentioned that the Republicans will be taking control of the House on January 3rd. Um, what what are some of those things, uh, in addition to what you've just mentioned, that Republicans uh, plan to do and uh, and some of the hopes that you all have as far as working with Democrats in the Senate and in, in the Biden administration in order to secure the border and get this crisis under control once and for all? Well, you know, I can tell you that, you know, a homeland that will very aggressively um, be uh, holding hearings, uh, talking with Secretary Mayorkas and many of his uh, top administrators uh, to determine why they have either been unwilling or unable to secure the border. Uh, we'll begin deep diving into why this administration feels like the border is secure. I mean, I've had the opportunity to question Secretary Mayorkas uh, on several different occasions. 
Uh, and each time I have asked him, is the border secure? Uh, and do we have operational control? Uh, and he continues to maintain that the border is secure and that we have control, even when presented with the fact that month after month after month, uh, the, the, the statistical data does not bear that out. And so uh, we will very quickly uh, begin to hammer on the administration, to hammer on Secretary Mayorkas, uh, on the failures that we see on the border. Uh, we will again, uh, as we look at uh, what we're going to do as far as spending, uh, I think it's important that we once again begin spending to create some sort of physical barrier uh, along the border. Again, I've been to the border. I've seen where the wall is successful, uh, places to where particularly we have uh, recently constructed uh, walls. Uh, those, those walls serve as that barrier. Uh, and then where you have gaps in the wall, uh, that's where the immigrants continue to flow into the country. And, and we also must address uh, what uh, we've seen with the Custom Border Patrol uh, is the fact uh, that that agency suffers from poor morale because they've been asked to do a very difficult job. Uh, we've not paid them a fesh, uh, uh, what, they, what they need. They, they've not received the, the compensation that they need. And so we've got to, as a Congress, build up the morale of Custom Border Patrol mm. uh, as they are serving on that front line. Mm, that's critical. Congressman, apart from the border crisis, what issues are Republicans going to prioritize in the House as we head into the new Congress come January 3rd? You know, uh, spending is going to be one of the things that we are going to, to focus on. You know, what can we do to bring down some of the, the needless, reckless spending that we've seen come out of Washington over the last several years? Uh, we know that that spending has driven up inflation. Uh, inflation is still at over 7%. Uh, we see the impact that inflation has had on everyday Americans. Uh, also, I believe it is important uh, that we begin looking at what we can do to once again become energy independent. Uh, under President Trump, uh, we were able to be a next net exporter of energy. Uh, we've seen under this president, uh, because of restrictions uh, and regulations uh, that have been put in place, uh, that's no longer the case. Uh, and we see how important energy is. Uh, we see Russia using energy as a weapon in their war with Ukraine. Uh, and so uh, those are going to be two of the key priorities that we are going to be dealing with very early uh, when Republicans retake the majority on January 3rd. Mm. Congressman, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you joining us, and we hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. Yes, ma'am. You too. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. If you have not had the chance already, be sure to check out our evening show right here in your podcast feed where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We love hearing your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. We'll be right back here with you at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Samantha Asheris, and Jillian Richards. Sound design by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.